Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle United back in action with Brentford, the visitors to St James Park on Saturday evening. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined as usual by John Gibson. John, I have to say I cannot wait for Premier League football to return. Anyone that listens to these podcasts knows I hate the international break. I hate international football. How are you surviving? You keeping well? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. But like you, I'm delighted to be back with uh, the proper stuff, shall we call it. International football is all well and good. It's fine. It's got its place, but it'll never take place in Premier League. And it'll certainly never take place in Newcastle United. So it's terrific to get back on the treadmill. And we're really on big time, aren't we, with Brentford, followed by AC Milan away. So this is the arrival of the big time. It certainly is. And you know, I was going to start with that point that it's a big week for Newcastle United. Uh, and what I want to do is kind of look at the week as a whole and then apply the context to how Eddie Howe will approach Saturday. So obviously, as you say there, as we've mentioned, Newcastle face Brentford, they then head to Milan for the Champions League. It's a really quick turnaround. And then they face Sheffield United a few days later. So yeah. the games are coming thick and fast. Eddie Howe will say that his priority is Brentford, and it has to be, given that United have lost their last three games. But do you think Tuesday will be on his mind, that, that trip to Milan? No, I, I don't, uh, surprisingly. It would have been had Newcastle been in the form of last season. But quite frankly, with the way things are at the moment, the priority is literally got to be Brentford, because that will dictate everything. If we win against Brentford, then we go to AC Milan on and up, hopefully back to normal, etc., etc. If we try to spread the load, I had half our thoughts on AC Milan and we don't get the correct result against Brentford, then AC Milan is Everest. It is massive. And the only way to keep it in context is by going and beating Brentford. So his mind and the mind of the players must be on Brentford. Because if we don't beat Brentford, we lose touch with the top of the Premier League. And that must not be allowed to happen. Now, it's easy to say that their minds must be on Brentford. I totally agree. I assume our listeners totally agree. In an ideal world, that's exactly what Eddie Howe will want. But I cast my mind back to the Carabao Cup final and the build-up, the games that led up to that, and the theory, the conclusion, was that the players became distracted and their mind wandered to to Wembley. Understandable, some will say. And I think some might say as well that as much as you try, John, as much as you put Brentford at the forefront of your, your mind and the preparation, you know, a, a night under the light at the San Siro, it's going to be a bit of a distraction for the players. Well, if it is, they're not professional and they better get out of that because if they're going to start thinking like that, when they get when they get out of the Champions League this season, and at some stage we'll presume they will because they ain't going to win it, If they, once they get out of the Champions League this season, if they have these sort of distractions, because it's not a one-off game like Wembley, AC Milan, it's the start of uh, six matches. So if they'll wake up at the end of the six matches, if they only think about the Champions League, and the one guarantee they'll have is that they won't be in the Champions League next season. So, you know, if you're going to be professional, you've got to realise if they'd 
if they were going into this match unbeaten like Brentford is, their minds can be on AC Milan and would be. But the way we are going in with only three points from four games on three successive defeats, which would become four games without a win if they, even if they draw against Brentford. And the, the build-up to AC Milan over a couple of days would be horrendous if we haven't beaten Brentford. So their mind, if they are professional, and you've got to believe they are professional, and if they've got leaders in the group, like Trippier and like Bruno and like the older players on the sidelines, they will be saying to them, listen, what, I, what I'm saying now, we won't have a future in Europe if we get beat by Brentford, man. And then the same applies if you think of Paris Saint-Germain and then you don't get... If you go like that, you've been a relegation fight at the end of the six games. They just cannot afford to. And it would be very naive. And you would think senior players, Trippier and Wilson, have just been away with um, with England and Isaac's been away with Sweden and Bruno and Joe Linton with Brazil. These are senior players playing international football. If they can't get one-eyed, if they can't do the thing correctly, then they're very naive indeed. And I don't think they're that naive. It's easy to say with hindsight, and I think it was probably true, Andrew, but it's easy to say with hindsight when you lose three on the trot. Oh, well, we in one of them happens to be a, a cup final at Wembley. It's easy to say, well, that was the reason with hindsight. Did it happen? Not necessarily so, actually, but it's easy to presume that it's an obvious answer that that was the problem. Well, if it was the problem, surely they've learned from that, that you can't get distracted, because if you do, and I think Newcastle United, I wouldn't call it a crisis that they're now in, but it sure ain't pretty. And I think that should concentrate minds. And by the way, Newcastle have lost the last three. Brentford are unbeaten in four. That has to change. And, it, and I believe it will change. I think this is the comeback match for Newcastle United. I think they will beat Brentford. And then we will go to AC Milan on and up and have a real chance. If we have an eye on AC Milan and we don't beat Brentford, we draw or lose, we're going to go there in an awful state of mind. And I don't think any one of the senior players would dare contemplate that. They know that it's in their best interests to take care of Brentford. You've gone early, John. I don't know the record in all the years we've been doing this podcast for your result prediction, but I think <laughs> I think you might have just set the record there. Was it six, seven minutes into the recording? I think I probably have, but it does lead into your very good question about the AC Milan being led into that. And, you know, I would be really angry if their mind was on anything Bob Brentford. And if it was, it would be very unprofessional because, by the way, we're not just showboating into a Champions League game. If Newcastle lost to Brentford, and I've already said they won't, that would be a crisis, man. Yeah, and I guess we've spoken about it many times on, on the podcast, and it's one of the favourite phrases that you and I both use, and it's about momentum, about winning yeah. games and how that builds yeah. confidence and the momentum going into these big games is really important. Now, look, Newcastle beat Brentford on Saturday. People will argue, well, what, three, four days uh, between the games is not really enough 
to build that momentum. But you know, obviously, it's really important to win. So you go in, you go to Milan in a total different mindset. Because if you do lose, what's oh. the opposite to, to momentum? It's a downward spiral, and Newcastle oh. are kind of already in that, aren't they? Because they've lost the last three. So it, it's really important that they do get the result against Brentford to 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 stop that spiral. Oh, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, you know, I cannot contemplate us getting beat by Brentford. I can't even, I can't contemplate that. I really can't contemplate we're wrong with Brentford because we need to win. And you know what? When you look at all the games we've had, including Aston Villa, on paper, for me, this is the best opportunity to win. It's a bigger opportunity to win than it was before the game with Aston Villa because they were a decent side and would we do it, would we not? Now, Brentford are unbeaten in four. But let's get this right. They are not the, the as good as Liverpool, who beat us at home, nor are they a jinx team to us like Liverpool are. They are beatable. We've got to remember, last season we took them up 5-1 up here and we've done them 2-1 down there. A very bad first half down there and a goal down turned around 1-2-1. We did the double over them last season and they had their best player, Ivan Tony, in both those matches. They haven't got him this time. This is a match that we can win, should win, and I believe will win. Do you know what, John? I'm going to have to disappoint you. I've got a real horrible feeling that they're going to get beat on Saturday. And I'm sorry to our listeners and I'm sorry to oh, you for being down in the dumps. But I don't know. Andrew, I just gotta... Andrew, what are you doing to me, mate? What are you doing to I'm me? just being honest. I just, I don't know. I've just got a really, um, you know, bad I've, feeling about it. I've got a stronger feeling that we're going to win. <laughs> a stronger feeling is you've got the bad feeling. I've got that we're going to win. Um, well, I hope, I, I hope you're right. I think it's all set up for us to win, in as much as we've been so bad, that, and we're not that bad, you know. We've been so bad, we look worse than we are. Um, and I believe this is a great opportunity to change it, and I think we will take it. Because if we don't, mate, as you've already admitted, if we don't, if we lose at home to Brentford, you may as well bring out the word crisis, dust it down and stick it up there in six-foot letters. Because to go to AC Milan away in the Champions League, having lost four games on the belt and four out of five in the Premier League, there's no way you could dress that up as being anything but a crisis. And I don't think that will happen. And it must not be allowed to happen. That's why I, Eddie gets the big bucks. <clears throat> That's why all the players get the adulation and the big bucks. That's why half the team have been bought by a new regime to put right the old wrongs. So it is their responsibility. Let's not duck it. Eddie Howe's got to get it right twice. He's got to get his two team selections on Saturday and Tuesday right. And then the players have got to go out and get it right. The onus is on them. Because I tell you who will get it right, the crowd... Both the crowd on Saturday at home, which will be their 12th man, and the crowd that go out to Milan, they won't let Newcastle down. So let Newcastle United not let Newcastle United down. 
Hmm. Well, I'm not there on Saturday, unfortunately. <clears throat> so um, maybe they'll win in my absence. Maybe I'm the the, the bad luck. I, I, I want to get on to how Eddie Howe fixes the issues in midfield because that is clearly the the, the main the main struggle for Newcastle at the moment. But one of our listeners, uh, Mark, has sent in a question and he wants to ask you, John. And, and I kind of think I already know you answer. We've kind of brushed over it in, in, in the, the last ten minutes. But Mark asks. Do you think the Milan match on Tuesday will influence Eddie Howe's team selection on Saturday? Bear in mind also some players won't return from international duty until Thursday, which is today. Yeah, it, it, it's a very, very good question, that. Um, I was about to say that he can't afford to let Tuesday influence, but it can produce an excuse and I will explain what I mean by that, if I may. Uh, <clears throat> you look at the Newcastle midfield, which has been the same for all four games we've played this season. Tonali, Bruno and Joe Linton. Now, you would presume that that must be the future of the club. You've got Tonali, who is a Champions League semi-finalist, won Serie A, full international with it, a country the size of Italy. The other two boys are Brazilian current internationals. You would think that long-term, the future of Newcastle is those three midfielders all getting a place. Can you see one of them regularly being a sub at Newcastle? I doubt it. it they weren't, Chinali wasn't bought to be a sub, and the other two were so well thought of, you wouldn't expect that. But, but I think that partnership has got to be smashed for Brentford. I think that it could well be put back together at some later stage and perhaps earlier than we think. But I think it can be put back together. It needs dreadful tweaking between how Bruno and Tenali play because they don't play together naturally or they haven't so far this season. But you know what can come to the rescue if he wants it, if Eddie Howe, and that is that Tenali missed the international match, the second one, because of a, 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 a little strain that hasn't been explained in any sort of detail. I don't think it's, it's a problem for the moment. But if he wants to smash up those three, and I know he's got an excuse for each one. You can say Bruno and Joe Linton have come back late from South America and Tenali's had an injury. But you could get Sandro, sit him down and say, look, pal, for your point of view, your biggest match is to go back to AC Milan and the San Siro and be the man that everybody knows you are. Therefore, you're carrying a little bit. I'm not going to risk you against Brentford, but you will play in AC Milan. Now, there, there you've got your position ready-made to bring in uh, long staff to play with Bruno and Joe Linton, which is last season's preferred middle three. So there's your answer to your problem straight away. If there hadn't been a problem with Tenali's injury, or they didn't, or Eddie didn't want to use that as a problem, you've got to drop one of the Brazilians. Uh, Bruno hadn't been playing well, but has played very well for Brazil, and we know how well he's thought of. Joe Linton for me, has been carrying an injury and has been well short of his best. 
The only good news for Eddie Howe is in the in the fortnight's international break, Joe Linton in the two Brazilian matches has only gone on in both for a few minutes. So he's not been overplayed. He's had a chance to rest the injury, the knocks that he was carrying with us and to get over them. But the midfield is completely nutly fluid because there's a reason why you can leave out any of the three if Eddie wants that reason. The long trip back for the Brazilians to Nolly's injury. But I think the bottom line is that he doesn't go with the same three again. If he does... He's got to sort out Tonali and Bruno as a pair. And he hasn't been able to work on that this fortnight because they've been away. So mm. the obvious answer would be to leave out Tonali and play Longstaff and then bring back Tonali at AC. That's the issue, isn't it, for me, that the, the issue of the midfield and the remedy to it, the players that you would be focusing on haven't been on Tyneside to work with. So and yeah. I mentioned this on the, the Monday show with Simon Bird, who was a special guest. Will Eddie Howe go with the players that he's worked with over the last fortnight over those who've been away? Now, I'm not talking about dropping Kieran Trippier because he will start, but I am looking specifically at that midfield three. You've yeah. got Joe Linton, who hasn't trained for weeks and yet is always in the starting eleven, And then, plus, you've got the journey time back from Wherever the you know wherever Brazil have been playing, um, and then obviously you've got Tenali. Now you mentioned there the Tenali injury; it might present him with with a with a, with an easy solution to that problem. He can't, he can't, Andrew. He can't really go with just the players he's worked with this week. I mean, and you said Trippier, of course, but he can't do that. Otherwise, we've talked about this. All international midfield three of Tenali, Bruno, and Joe Linton. He couldn't play any of them if you went with who's been training with him in the last fortnight because they haven't. Now you're not. He's not going to go with a long staff. Um, Elliot Anderson in a another is he? Because Willock isn't available. So no, he can't do that, um, and he won't do that. Do you think? Do you think the only real change is probably Sean Longstaff comes in for one of. Tenali or Joe Linton. I mean, we were assuming Bruno is just ring fenced, so it would be one of Joe Linton or, 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 or Tenali. Yes, uh, I mean, for a start, I mean, Eddie Howe, bless him, guess second guessing Eddie Howe. I mean, Eddie Howe can't second guess Eddie Howe. Um, I mean, we just don't know. Eddie Howe is capable of going with an unchanged team, Bob Botman, if he's fit again, or changing half of it which could easily happen with any other manager. I think it'll be somewhere in between. But he, he, he's very loyal. He doesn't change things. He's not changed things in four games, apart from the forced change of Botman being out and Target having to come in. He's not voluntarily made a change at all. But, I mean, in this situation, Andrew, if I was looking at it, I would be looking at the back and saying, dare I play Burn left-back? I would be looking at the midfield and saying, I've got to get long staff in it. And I would be looking at the front three and thinking, I'd have to start Wilson. I, it's really interesting on long staff because, again, one of your favourite kind of phrases to use, John, is all, and it, it used it quite a lot with John Joe Shelby when he was on the books at Newcastle, was about how Shelby looked a better player when he wasn't playing. And that's always the case. Mm -hmm. When you're not playing, you're not in the starting eleven you look a better player. 
Absolutely. Now, Sean Longstaff, Jamie Redknapp talking to him up on Sky. I've been calling for him to be back on the side for the last kind of couple of games, and people on social media have been following that as well. And it, you know, it, it it's a big debate. It's, it's really refreshing to see. Is it a case though? Are you going to use your old, your your old phrase? Does Sean Longstaff look better because he's not in the side, or does Sean Longstaff come in and he makes Newcastle a better side? Both. He does look better because he's not in the side because, as you rightly say, anybody does. You know, um, because when players don't play, when players are sold, once Max is gone. People remember Manchester City more than they do the games when he ran up his own trouser leg and went nowhere fast. They remember he wasn't he wasn't he good. They did it with Hampton Ben Arthur. They did it with Lauren Robert. Once a player is not around all the time, you remember the best parts of him. You don't remember the worst parts of him. That is human nature. Um, but I do think, you see, I've said many times. If you're a football manager, you don't pick the 11 most talented players. You pick the 11 that fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. And you wouldn't play three gazes in midfield because when you didn't have the ball, you'd be in terrible trouble. You've got to have somebody to do the dirty work. Now, we've looked at Bruno perhaps doing more of the dirty work since Tenalo. Tenali's come in, and really, Tenali, Joe Linton, and Bruno, nobody's done the dirty work in putting the yardage and done the negative stuff, if you want to call it negative. It's not the fancy dance stuff. And the man that does that willingly and naturally and automatically is Longstaff. So I think he will improve the side. I think his, his, his uh, stature has improved by not being in the side. And there'll be a lot of onus if he comes in because a lot of eyes will be on him and saying, well, has he done that improvement, etc." But I think at the moment we need, and by the way, one of the reasons I contend that we're letting in goals is that the back four isn't getting the midfield protection that it got last season. 100%. Of them as a three, as a three, they aren't protecting the back the way the back was protected last season. And we're, it's beginning to show big time. Um, because nobody in that three, Tenali's not hugely defensive, Big Joe's been carrying big time, as we've said. Joe Linton has not been training and has just been playing and has never recovered. Bruno is not certain what he's supposed to be doing in Howe's eyes and what he wants to do in his own eyes. So there's been a massive problem in there that has to be sorted. And one of the ways of sorting it is to get Longstaff in against Brentford, then see where we go. If you get the right, do, do you need him in for an away game at AC Milan? You could still bring Tenali back and change things. But you must think that long term, the future of this club's midfield is Tenali, Bono, and Joe Linton. But I don't think it's the future of this club's midfield on Saturday at tea time. Well, it's interesting you mentioned there the, um, the lack of protection. Again, listeners will know I really, really do fear Newcastle have missed out on. on a defensive midfielder, someone oh, who will just time. sit and, and, and do the, the work, doesn't grab the headlines. And we've had another question come in from Tony, who says, we know Newcastle wanted a right-back, centre-back, left-back and defensive midfielder and potentially a striker. So why did the club not bring in three of those positions 
and instead brought a left winger and centre midfielder where Newcastle are already strong. In his opinion, Newcastle needed a right wing. So he's, you know, saying Mickey's not prolific enough. I mean, look, it would have been a wonderful window if Newcastle had got every single position nailed down. It was never going to be like that because it's just not the way football works. You've got financial fair play. Clubs don't want to sell for a fair price, etc., etc. Um, But just on the transfer window, because it's been another big debate this week, how are you rating the transfer window? Do you look at Newcastle's problems on the pitch and, and, and think, OK, maybe they've let themselves short in a defensive midfield area at centre-back? What's your take? Yeah, my take is that the quality of the players they actually signed was very, very good. I dispute the positions they signed for. I mean, we have signed two quality young fullbacks who have in Le Flamenco and, um, and uh, Lewis Hall. Lewis Hall. Uh, who I think can be the future of the club for the next 10 years when they eventually get in, say, next season or whenever that is. But do we need them now? Do we need a right-back, a reserve right-back and a reserve left-back now ahead of a defensive midfielder in a centre-half? In my humble opinion, and my opinion doesn't count, only Eddie Howes and the coaching staff count, but in my humble opinion, we don't need two cover fullbacks more than we need a centre half and a defensive midfielder. No way whatsoever. And I'm not saying that with hindsight. At the time, I was pushing, pushing, pushing for a centre half and a defensive midfielder. And I did. I was also pushing for a left back yeah, because we hadn't the one, and therefore Hall fits in. But uh, the the other guy from Southampton came completely out of the blue. Now, he's a quality, quality player. But was it a critical situation? And you say, well, you go and get him when your opportunity's there. That's true. But we're going into Europe without a defensive midfielder and without a, a centre-half for sure who regularly gets injured, etc. So, I'm uneasy and I don't think it was a great transfer window. I think we signed quality... It's whether because the two young fullbacks are quality, but it's whether we needed them now. On the fullbacks, now we saw Kieran Trippier playing for England, played at left back, played very well. He impressed. Could we see a surprise little switch where maybe Kieran Trippier goes to left back and Livramento comes yep. in at right back? For me, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you will never see, unless everyone gets injured, you will never see Kieran Trippier permanently at left back for Newcastle United. So that's my answer to my own question straight away. What about yourself, John? I, I think you're absolutely right. And funny enough, one of the things I wanted to bring up today, having watched Kieran Trippier play so well at left-back, and we've seen him do that for England before, but play so well against Scotland, was that if you decide, if it was decided by Eddie that enough's enough with a big man, Dan Byrne, at left-back, you know, he's going through a bad time. We know he's one-paced. It has shown up more than ever now. He's getting exposed. He was even exposed on the left side of centre-half, which is his natural position. He needs to be out of things. He needs to be out of things. Is Hall ready to go in? There's a great reluctancy on Eddie's part. He hasn't played pre-season. Is he up to our speed, etc., etc.? I would go with him. But... The other fella 
Levento has played for Southampton pre-season, has got matches under his belt, etc., etc. We've used him fleetingly as a sub already. We haven't used the, the Chelsea kid. So you could play him not long-term, but for... You see, we didn't look long-term now. We've got to look at Brentford. That's as long-term as we dare look. We didn't even look to AC Milan. So... I don't think for one second, like you, I don't think for one second Eddie I will do that. You know, play Trippier left back and, and Leverman go right back. Uh, although it would make sense. He's not a gambler, you know. And that would be a bit of a gambler. Eddie, by nature, wears belt and braces. He doesn't gamble and, he, and his pants fall down. He, he wears belt and braces. Um and so I don't think for one second he'll do it, but it'll, it will have crossed people's mind. And, you know, how long are we going to wait for Hall? How long's a piece of string? How is he going to get Matt Sharp if he's never played pre-season and he doesn't play in the under-23s and he doesn't play in the first team or get on as a sub and he hasn't so far? So when is he going to be ready? Not just through training, and but... Dan Byrne, bless him, I think he's ready to be taken out the side. I mean, a lot of the the, the talk about the defence depends on the fitness of Sven Botman. Yes. In this circumstance, I always say we'll we'll wait to hear what Eddie Howe says in his Friday press conference, but um, I've given up um, thinking what Eddie Howe says is actually what's going to happen. So if he yeah. says Sven Botman's fit, he probably won't start. Who knows? But if Botman isn't fit and he doesn't, he's not available... Is Dan Byrne partnered with Fabian Shell, or do you maybe bring in Jamal Lascelles and you move Dan Byrne back out to, to left back? Because I didn't think Matt Target covered himself in glory against Brighton. No. I don't think Dan Byrne did either. I think Dan Byrne had a, had a tough day. For me, I'd bring Lascelles back in and partner him with Fabian Shell if Bottom's not fit. And then I'd move Dan Byrne to left back. I think Matt Target, he's just, it's just not clicking for him. Um, we haven't got I a left back, you know. I, I, I mean, under under normal circumstances, I wouldn't play Dan Byrne or Target left back uh, because I think Target it doesn't happen for him, as you say, in Dan Byrne's treading water, whether he's left sided centre half or. Um, I mean, I would play probably Lascelles if I think Botman will make it, and I'm. Hopefully he'll make it, and therefore it's a straight choice of what do you do with left back. But I would I would tend to play Lascelles if Botman didn't do it, and I would tend to play Hall. You bring Hall in. I think a lot of people would agree with you, John. I do. I think a lot of people would agree with you. Uh, you know, and he has. I know he's probably not up to speed with with how systems and I'm the training would have you. The speed and he doesn't play. Yeah. That's the point. And I mean, you could say the same about Elliot Anderson. I know he's getting minutes every every game coming off the bench, but yeah, is yeah, there yeah. a case for Anderson to maybe start on, on Saturday? Could you see Bruno maybe being the only one to survive the call? I, I, I have Longstaff it, and Elliot Anderson. It's good fun, this. And, and, and I think a lot of fans would say, yes, I think Eddie, whether we want to use the word loyal, whether we want to use the word stubborn, whether we want to use the word non-gambler, but I think the changes we'll find will be an absolute minimum. I would play Hall. I could make a case out for, for 
Trippier left back in Lefmengel. I could make a case out for any of the midfield three being out. I could make a case out for Wilson instead of Isaac. I could make a case out for Barnes left in, in Gordon Wright. But that would be about six changes. We know Eddie won't do that. I mean, yeah, Eddie, doesn't do, Eddie doesn't do that. But Elliot Anderson, I mean, it, it, it's becoming fab. Let's take this scenario because it involves Newcastle. There's decisions to be made about Elliot Anderson and, and, and there's decisions to be made about Harvey Barnes. And one is, should I, should I have them or both of them start against Brentford? And the other is, should they go to Scotland or stay with England? And and the the interesting thing there, it's two old Newcastle United coaches, um, in Steve Clark and John Carver, uh, who will, you know, would welcome these two guys switching to their allegiance to Scotland. Um, so Eddie Howe's got to make a decision on Barnes and Anderson. Do they start for him? Clark's got to make a decision. Do I? push the board out to get them to Scotland and the two guys have got to make a decision. Do they want to go to Scotland and do they want to make, stay with England? And I know that that might not concern Newcastle fans, but it is very interesting. And from my point of view, it's totally different. Elliot Anderson is only 20. He's a quality, quality player. He could well have a future with England. If which in whichever way you look at it, England is the superior international side taken out bias in the stature in the in the FIFA rankings. So you may well want to hold on and decide what to do. If I'm Harvey Barnes, I'm I'm 25 year old. So I'm not 20 like Elliot Anson. I'm 25 and I've got one England cap and I've never been near the England squad since. And if you look at England and you look at the wide positions with Saka and Rashford and Foden and Grealish, he's not going to get anywhere near it. I would be on the first train out of the central station in midweek that was heading north and I would go and play for Scotland because he's going to get international football, Harvey Bonds, with Scotland. Anderson may well still get it with England, but Harvey Bonds is 25 and he's got a load of top players in front of him. And I know there's people and there's a great debate at the moment. You know, you should only play for the country where you're born or you, should, you shouldn't be allowed to swap midstream from one country to the other. Listen, Big Jack, another old Newcastle United manager, if you had a pint of Guinness in a pub in Dublin, you could play for the Republic of Ireland. You can only go by the current rules, whether it's morally correct that Anderson should stand off and have the choice or Barnes have a choice. doesn't matter. They're the rules at the moment and the decision's got to be made. And um, a decision's got to be made with Eddie Howe. Does he start Elliot Anderson against Brentford? I don't think for one second that he will. Uh, but no. does he start Harvey Barnes? That is a bigger question. Because I don't think he will. I when, don't think he will. When does he start Harvey Barnes in? I think in the next the, ne the next few weeks, he may yeah, look to him. But, but Anthony Gordon, you know, has looked very, very good. And I, I, no, I can't see... I, if I played Barnes, I would play Anthony Gordon on the right. 
I wouldn't you see. I can't, I can't. And I know exactly what you're saying. I've seen a lot of people suggesting this. A lot of people have said it to me. And look, I'll put my Miguel Almiron uh, hat aside. I can totally see why people are suggesting it. But I can't see either one of them playing on the right. I think whether you, whether you like it or not, and a lot of people don't like it, I think Almiron is the only person that will threaten Almiron's place on the right wing will be Jacob Murphy. I don't think Gordon or Barnes will do. I think them two are battling out for the left. I think Gordon's got that shout for Saturday. European game, it's a, I mean, I'm not even going to try and judge. I think that's a totally different ball game. But domestically, I think Gordon's still got the nod ahead of Barnes. And so you're, you're in the camp, Andrew, I presume, you know, when we were talking about the summer signings, why did we sign Barnes? No, I can see why they signed Barnes. I think he, he offers goals. And then when you've got rigged, rid of uh, St. Maximum, I think it was really important that you went out and got an in, out-and-out winger. Now, people say Joe Linton can play there. and Anderson can play there. But it's not their favourite position. He's but it's not his favourite position. It's not, you know, if you were pinpointing his first Barnes choice. Favorite, Barnes' favourite position isn't on the bench. Well, no, I get that as well. And I think in time, you know, I think if unless Gordon starts to hit the back of the net, Consistently, he scores against you know Liverpool, didn't he? I think his position will come under threat, um, but I think for Saturday it'll be it'll be Anthony Gordon. I think you know Barnes, he's he's electric. He looks a really good talent, you know, but he should have scored against Liverpool as well. You know, he's not he's he's not coming on and setting the world alight. He's got to take these opportunities, and he'll get his opportunity against Brentford because he'll come on as always with half an hour to go, and he's got to make sure that he that, that he seizes it like he did against Villa. Um, but yeah, for me, it's going to be Gordon against against Brentford, and Miggy. Like I say, I think unless Murphy really steps up until January, I think that's Miggy's position. And the debate will rage on about should have they brought in a, a, a right winger, Musa Diaby, what have you. And yes, they probably ought to have done, and they probably will do in January. Um, really interesting. I mean, it's good that we've talked about these options that Eddie Howe has, and the debates there, and the debates there about quality players as well. I think is really. Refreshing because it would hasn't you, always would been you the case. Bring, would you bring Callum Wilson in? We've not talked about centre forward uh, so far, apart from me saying that uh, that Callum Wilson will expect to play. He's just over with two goals and he hasn't started yet. If if it hadn't been the international break and Callum Wilson hadn't gone away with England, then I would have said ninety percent. Callum Wilson will start against Brentford. I did say on the Monday show that I think Callum Wilson will start. But, having had a few days to think about it, I I think he'll start with Isaac just simply because Wilson's been away as well. I know they've not travelled too far and what have you, but I think he'll start with Isaac and Wilson, like Barnes, will be the, you know, the, the first round of subs on the hour mark. Yourself, John? I don't think that anybody knows, and I don't think that Eddie Howe might know uh, at the moment. Because you know, the only thing I'm certain of is that there won't be many changes. It's not Eddie Howe's style, is it? You know, we'll talk about there could be a change at left back, there, there could be at least one change in midfield, possibly two, could be, I'm talking about. And there could be a change of centre forward and there could be a change of outside left. But out of them, how many will actually happen come the day? We'll be, we'll be very lucky if there's two 
when from any house point of view i'm talking about yeah i mean i agree with no we're talking about potential changes but yeah in reality how many changes is that how really going to make he doesn't like to change next to none next to yeah. none so i mean it's, it's been fun talking about it but when we when we actually talk about what how we'll do botman's fit he'll come in do you know even if tonali's 80 90 fit I could see him starting those midfield three, despite the feeling Longstaff should come in. He could, he could just make one change, and that's Bachman back in. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing, Andrew. Whatever he does, you better get it right. Because well, Newcastle have got to win this game. What happens if he doesn't, John? Is that a question we should be asking? Oh, dear me. No, oh, dear me. Yes. But, but oh, I mean, really... That's why you get the big bucks. This, it's almost, it's not irrelevant what the team is. The team might well, the selection of the first 11 might well dictate the result. But what dictates everything is the result. Newcastle have got to win this. And we're now down to a situation where anyhow, in each of the 11 players that start, will be judged on how we do against Brentford because there's never been a result more needed than than a win to Brentford. Uh, the, the last game we played, Brighton, I think, was the worst Newcastle display since they lost 3-0 at Aston Villa last season. The worst display. Much worse the Manchester City away, which was a defeat, and Liverpool at home, which was a defeat. The display at Brighton. And that's what's worrying because we've got slowly worse. 1-0 against Manchester City, the, the display dipped against Liverpool, but dipped further against Brighton. That has got to be changed, and it's got to be changed. And this oversimplification but it's 100% correct whether decisions are right or wrong will be determined by the scoreline on Saturday night. Yeah, and I think anyhow, we'll get it right long term. But I have to say, I, I do got, I just got a horrible feeling about Saturday. I've just punched the mic there as well. It wasn't yes. linked. I've just knocked it out. I've just knocked it out of sync there. Sorry if you heard that on the podcast. But yeah, I do think, I just know, don't know maybe the last few weeks, the last few uh, performances have rocked me to my core. But usually, John, when I predict the defeat, they end up winning. So, fingers crossed that is the case. Good. Just a, a, a quick word about Brentford. I, look, you mentioned there they were unbeaten so far this season one win, three draws. I really like Brentford, I think they're a really good side. I think what they do off the pitch is fantastic. The way you know they, they've built up the squad and, and the way they're surviving without out Ivan Tony as well. who Obviously, their main threat, their best player. You know, he wouldn't look out of place in a in a black and white shirt. He's been linked to Newcastle um, earlier in the week. Look, he's a big, big miss. Not available to play until January, but they haven't really looked like they've missed them all that much. And they haven't actually gone out and spent too much money trying to replace him at all, you know. Uh, and the players who've had to step up have done so. You know, you've got Mbembo, who scored four goals so far this season. I mean, him and Tony together... Brilliant little partnership there. He looks he's a really good player. Uh Wiss has stepped up and, and shared as well, scored that crack of a goal, didn't he? Um last month. They're a dangerous side. You're right at what you said right at the start. 
they're not as good as the teams Newcastle have played so far. They're not as good as Newcastle, but they've probably got that better feeling around the camp than what Newcastle have got because of the results and what have you. And the way Brighton punished Newcastle and took advantage of the space between the midfield and the defence, the, the space that's been there for the majority of the games, even against Villa it was there, but Newcastle capitalised and handed the, the man advantage as well. Um, or sorry, rather the, the, the Tyrone Mings um, injury, sorry. They'll capitalise on that if Newcastle haven't, sh- haven't fixed that during the last fortnight. And that's the big issue, just the, the space. And Newcastle United, if they haven't fixed it, it worries me. It really does. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Um, however, there's another way of looking at it. However attractive bright Brentford are, however much they do things right, etc., etc., as Brighton do, as Aston Villa do, etc., etc., you can't visualise Brentford being in the Champions League. It isn't going to happen. They're not going to be in the Champions League. Their best player is definitely missing, Ivan Tony, against us on Saturday. They are unbeaten, but they've drawn more than they've won. They haven't been taken sides apart. They've been drawn with sides. And this is the Premier League. Newcastle at home to Brentford. They're not going to get many chances better than that to, to put the record straight. And if they've got anything about them, they will put the record straight. And they have something about them. Good teams don't turn into bad teams overnight. They have lapses. They forget to do what made them the success they were in the first place. Newcastle have forgot how to do that. They haven't got the protection in front of the back four. They're back four on doing basics anymore, etc., etc., etc. This happens, but it's got to be corrected. This is the crunch match. But I said at the beginning, as far as I'm concerned, things have to change and they will change. And this will be the comeback match where Newcastle get the show back on the road. You know why? Because they have to. And if they haven't concentrated minds, if they feel sorry for themselves, if they feel a little bit depressed, then take yourself out, sit on the lawn, give your head a good shake, come back in here with a clear and get the job done on Saturday because you're capable of doing it. And that's my message to Newcastle United players. And you're capable of doing it. Prove it. Now, this is as good a chance as you're going to get. Because if you look at the sides we've played, and they are a good side, I accept that, but if you look at the sides we've played, Aston Villa, I would suggest, are a better side than Brentford. I would suggest Manchester City are a better side than Brentford. I would suggest Liverpool are a better side than Brentford. And I'd suggest Brighton are a better side than Brentford. So this is our chance to play a side not as good as them and to get the result. And I happen to think we will do that. Well, fingers crossed you are right. I don't need to ask you for your result prediction because you've already made it abundantly clear what you think it's going to be. Hopefully my negative and pessimistic view of Saturday will also be wrong and you will be right and Newcastle will head to Milan with three valuable points in the bag. Before we sign off, I just want to point you guys in the direction of a competition that we are running. Now, we have a, a lovely piece of artwork to give away, courtesy of Matty723. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram. This one is of 
Bruno Antonari celebrating against Aston Villa. It's a it's a really lovely uh, drawing of that photograph that you might remember. If you head over to our Instagram page, it's Chronicle NUFC over on Instagram, you will see uh, it there. You can enter the competition. You just got to uh, follow the details of that post. And if you tune in on Monday's show of the Everything is Back in My Podcast, you'll have a chance to win there. There's two chances to win, one via Instagram, one via the podcast on Monday so you can tune in then if you want to answer, uh, enter there, or you can head over to Chronicle uh, and UFC to enter there. You can enter both. Um, you won't win both. You will have um, two chances, though, to win if you do enter both. So go and take part in that. It's a really lovely drawing. And go and check out Matty's work as well. He's a fantastic artist. And loads of Newcastle United stuff that he does. Well worth uh, a, a view. John, pleasure as always. We'll catch you next week. It's going to be a busy week next week and we won't catch up with you before Newcastle head to Milan. So, Newcastle beat Brentford. They fly out to Milan. What's going to happen at the San Siro? They get a draw. Uh, and if they get a draw, that would be a terrific result. I went to the San Siro in the European First Cup uh, two years after they won it. We played in and not AC. We drew 1-1. 30 years later, we went to the uh, San Siro to play in again. We got a 2-2. Win Davies, a classic number nine, scored in the 1-1 in the San Siro. Alan Shearer, classic number nine, scored twice in the San Siro in the Champions League. And I hope Callum Wilson and Alexander Isaac are listening to this and want to become the new guy that gets the goals. My ideal result would naturally be two wins, but if we beat Brentford and get a draw in AC Milan, I'll be a very happy bunny. If you're right against Brentford, I then think about AC Milan. Um, but I know your heart's in for Newcastle to win, as mine is. Let's hope we'll get the job done against Brentford, and then we can go out there without fear, because it's going to be tough out there. Um, they're a club of great reputation. Um, they've got a derby match this weekend. It's ACV Inter in the San Siro. Let's hope they exhaust each other in that uh, for us turning out. But, you know, if we beat Brentford and we get a draw or we win AC Milan and Tenali scores the goal, we'll be back in wall-to-wall sunshine. We will indeed. I'm going to take the easy route and I'm going to give my score prediction on the Monday show after I know how the Brentford game went. So that's my cop out uh, there. Uh, Myself and John will be back on Wednesday to look back on hopefully three points at the Sands here and then ahead to the game against Sheffield United. So we'll look forward to that one. But in the meantime, keep yourself safe out there. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk. And for myself and John, we'll see you guys next week.